I don't really know. Is the draft going on? Is that what it's so? It, it's the last day. Today's oh, the last okay. day. So you guys got to tell your draft stories. Yeah, if you want. We'll, yeah, we'll, we gotta we gotta definitely roll through that. You go cool. first, bro. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, yeah, my draft story. Let's see. So 1998 draft, and uh, I'm at uh, my mom's house. They wanted to bring me to New York because I was projected as a potential first-round draft pick, but I had no idea, you know, how long I'd be sitting there. And it's not like it is right now. You know, it wasn't as flashy what you see, you know. It's nothing like that. So I I was like, you know, I'm going to go back to my hometown. I'm going to have a party at my mom's house. I finally I got a loan from our agent. We had the same agent. And... uh, uh, he gave me a $100,000 loan. I got some new sod. I bought a new car. Uh, I bought my mom a car. <laughs> I got some new sod in her backyard for her. <laughs> we just had a dirt backyard growing up, you know. Wow. And uh, sitting on the couch, and I get my agent, Mike, gives me a call. He's like, KT's, uh, uh, I, the Saints are going to pick you at seven. I was like, what? <laughs> You weren't expecting it at all? No, I wasn't expecting it, no, because I was the other teams uh, that I potentially were going to draft me, I thought, were the teams that flew me out when you're projected as a high draft pick. It's like college, and they bring you out, like, on a recruiting trip. They want to see how you interact in the city. They, they take you out. They put girls around you. They take <laughs> you to the hottest clubs. Who, who flew <laughs> you out? Um, I went to Dallas, Miami, Atlanta, Philly, and that's it, I think. Yeah, Dallas, Atlanta, Philly, and Miami, and uh, Miami was awesome. Yeah. Like there was like they brought in like twenty guys, yeah. and like the whole first round almost. And we were just out on Miami Beach, like like out. They they gave they were out in the clubs. We're like was running amok, running time. amok, bro. And it was back then, no cell phones or anything, right? So it was awesome. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, you'll never see it. Yeah, yeah, it's not out there. <laughs> and then uh, Dallas was cool, going down there, learning about Dallas downtown. And Did you uh, meet Jerry? Met Jerry, yeah, of course. Jerry who? You know, yeah. Jerry Jones. <laughs> oh, okay. The gotcha. owner. The owner, Jerry Jones. How dare I even ask Jerry? Yeah, right. Who? Yeah, <laughs> that's all right, bro. <laughs> yeah. We'll let it slide, right? It's all right. You okay. look like you would ask that question. We'll bro. cut that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know who Jerry Jones no. is. I just didn't know. Like, I'm like, Jerry, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? No, it was uh, uh, it was cool, man. And then so I'm sitting there, and he's like, no, oh, Saints are going to pick you at 7. I'm like, no way. Like, this is incredible. And Mike Ditka gets on the phone. I'm like, now I'm talking to Mike Ditka. Wow. <laughs> you know, I just literally came from, I started playing football my senior year of high school. Really? Yeah. I was a wrestler, so that helps. I tell everybody, you have to be a wrestler if you want to play football. Okay. Um, and if you got a parent that says, I'm going to hold my kid out, well, you better make them wrestle so they're ready for it when it, the time comes. Because yeah. it was just, you know, instantaneous. As soon as I got out there, knew how to handle myself, you right. know. So then that just took a real you know fast approach five years later i'm sitting on my couch in my mom's living room you know with talking to mike ditka and i'm getting drafted in the first round seventh pick overall that's insane top 10 like, did you shit your pants or what man like, it was what? so so crazy just surreal you know just wild i had my grandma i flew her down from washington state my dad and everybody my parents were divorced so there's like all this split so everybody was there yeah and it was this real cool moment yeah. you know and I was just like, uh, it, it was it was cool, man. It was awesome, man. And you're like, you my know? life's never the same. Yeah, and then I was like, wait a minute. 
where's New Orleans? <laughs> so where's where's Louisiana? I don't even know. I had to, seriously, I had to break out a map. Wow. I was like, where am I going? I don't even know where this place is. New Orleans, I just heard about New Orleans. You yeah. Know? It like it's a pirate town. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, well, where the hell am I going? Did you like living there? Yeah, not at first. No, I came to California. Oh, you know, shit. Mountains and beaches. Yeah. And like, I mean, I have beaches, but... And uh, the water, you know, it's not the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, come and then all the beautiful mountains. You get there, and it's flat as this table right here. Yep. You know, there's nothing but trees. Yep. You know? Yeah, you're Ohio. It's like right? Ohio. She's nothing but trees around. You guys, you least got some hills in there. Like, it is literally, you're stuck in the trees yeah. in Louisiana. Wow. You get on an overpass, and you can see the whole state. What? You know? Yeah. Wow. Like Indiana. And the, yeah, and the humidity just off oh. the charts. As soon as you hit out the, as soon as I landed, got off the plane, it was like a wet blanket. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's yucky. Yeah, but it was cool, man. They, they yeah. flew me back. You know, then you're on a plane the next day to your team, and you know, first class, and you know, you're big shot now. Get off the plane, the media's there. Wow. You know, I'm a, wow, I'm what a an experience, right? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, especially coming from San Diego State, we didn't get that. Maybe AS like, like Arizona got. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's such an interesting thing because it's like very few human beings will ever experience something like that. You know what I mean? Most people can't relate to that experience. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's just, uh, yeah. it's funny. How many guys in the draft? It's uh, seven rounds. Uh, 256. Picks. 256 picks? I think so. So 256 guys in the entire world have that experience. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, what I had just explained is, like, first-round stuff. Like, right, right. You know, they're still, they're, 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 I think they fly the seventh-round guys on coach still. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They don't care. When did yeah. you, what round were you drafted in? I was second round, 39th oh, gotcha. overall. Gotcha. That's still big. Yeah. And then what year was that? 2009. 2009, so that was a lot bigger. They said they had first draft day. in New York and all that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my experience was was really interesting. I left early. I oh, was really? a redshirt junior when I left. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I was projected in the end of the first round, early second round. I ended up going in the early second. Like Kyle said, I had all the trips. It was interesting. Interesting experience. Life changing experience. Where'd you go? I went to Minnesota. Mm. I went to What, God, was, the worst, what was the worst trip? <laughs> mine was, mine oh, I was, went to Minnesota. I went to Buffalo. Yeah. I went to... None of them were really that bad. Those kind of sucked, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Built in Miami and Dallas. Yeah. yeah. They, they weren't cool yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Philly, and, and, and uh, I'm just like, in my hotel, they didn't have anything to do there. They're like, just stay here. Don't go outside. <laughs> I went yeah. somewhere else, too. I can't even remember. It was such a whirlwind, man. Yeah. I was talking to my dad this morning, too, on the drive down here. And, and after watching a little bit of the draft the last couple days, thinking to myself, man, these guys, it's almost like the dream is over. Because now the real fucking hard shit starts. Mm. This is where the work starts yeah. now. After the draft... Yeah. And you've busted your ass through high school and college. Yeah. 
and made your way. You've built yourself into this ultimate warrior, this trained killer that's getting drafted into the NFL, and now the work is going to start. Yeah, it's scary when it sinks in. Because my dad was watching the families, like people are yeah. crying and everybody's happy. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then it's just a fucking grind from oh, yeah. there. It doesn't get any easier. Right. It gets fucking harder, dude. Yeah, but the argument the outs from the outside looking in, I see it on the TikTok all the time, is the money, the money, you get paid, you get paid. Yeah. So yeah. talk about how that, how, does it really change anything? You know, no. when you're... The business I mean, makes it more difficult. No, it changes everybody else around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately. Everyone's asking you for money No for matter something. if you're in the first round or the seventh round. The yeah. worst is the guys that get drafted in the seventh round. Yeah. You're a pro player, dude. Oh, dude. They, everybody thinks they're, oh, yeah. they, you got millions. And it's like, no, you, you got like a few hundred thousand. Back then, like, anything in the seventh round back in 98, it was like... You maybe made a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? You know? And you got to make that last, right? The whole year, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you have years. Or your whole checks. life, <laughs> you get that kind of injury. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, the money is definitely something that changes everybody else, in my opinion. You know, it never changed me. Uh, the only problem with me was it was I, 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 they gave me a ton of it, so you know, I just was such a generous person i would just do so many things for people that oh yeah that was me i that ended was, up you was, know having to go wait a minute i've spent a lot of money here <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah let's take care of everybody yeah, yeah. mom dad brother yeah everybody everybody yeah. friends family and then what's interesting about that from a spiritual perspective which i didn't realize then but looking back i understand is you become this magnet for leeches. Oh, yeah. You become this magnet, and people are just coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. And you're like, how the fuck did I get in front of this guy? Yeah. Who's showing up at my doorstep to wash my car, (laughs) and I don't even know who he is, and somehow now he's in my life, and, like, it's so, and so many people like that. Yeah. Dude, I got, did you get prison letters? I got letters. Dude, I still get Dude, fan I got prison letters. letters. I'm like, Tell us about the prison letters. Hey, man, you got all this money now. <laughs> you know? Like your 10th cousin you? or something? Oh, man, yeah, dude, big time, man. Everybody. The money changes everyone, man. Yeah, yeah. the money changes oh, yeah. relationships. Because then you got to worry. You got to think about it all the time because that's all anybody ever wants to talk about. Yeah. Your agent wants you to now get a financial advisor. You got to have yeah. your financial advisor to talk to you all the time. Oh, the stock market's doing this now. Ah, blah, blah. Now you're going to do, now this charity wants some of it. Now you got to need some write-offs because, so we got to get involved over there. Now you got this happened, that happened. Now you got a local charity. You need to start a, a, your own nonprofit. You need to do this and that. It's like, I just wanted to fucking play Dude, football. Dude, I just played football, <laughs> man. I don't know oh, what all man. this is. problems. That was the biggest thing. If I were to go back and do it all again, I'd have just closed the door on everybody until I was done with football. Yeah. Period. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. As a young guy, if, you, if I were to tell my younger self anything, just be work your ass off, close the door. You don't need any of these people. Yeah. You don't need to do anything. Just be smart, save it, buy a property, I would say. Buy a property. If you wanted to, but we made so much money. You didn't, if, imagine if you didn't spend your money. I know. 
I and know. didn't buy shit. Yeah. What you'd have right now. I know. And just interest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on, dude. I mean, you'd, you'd have, we wouldn't have to be out here. Getting, Fucking yeah. on the yeah, on dude. the God path. Jeez, man. Talking about cannabis. And then imagine <laughs> if you would have networked with your, with your, imagine you, 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 the guys you played with, if you networked your yeah. income together, keep saving, keep building your, We've got a fund that's growing here. Yeah. And if everybody would have just committed to that alone, you know, then you would have had a fund of just people that have saved their money that's committed to grow a business and then take that and go, no, you get in the league and then they get the union in on you and then oh, they yeah. let this guy in and that guy in and this guy comes in, the United Way comes in oh, yeah, and then yeah. these people come <laughs> in and then the media comes in and, and then and they just, your money's just gone. That's gross. Yeah. Kyle, Talk about that, because that is something to me that's the biggest issue with the players in the league is that somehow we become so isolated. As much as football is the ultimate team game, we don't rely on each other enough. No, we don't yeah. come together. I know. You know? No, I was talking to my Jerry Fontenot. Yeah, he said he, he recruited you. He wanted to draft you up in Green Bay. Yes. And uh, he was my center in New Orleans. And we were talking about this. It's like all of us still talk to each other all the time, right? Yeah. My, my, our close ones, our, yeah. our close friends. Imagine if we had just not gotten a financial advisor. Nobody got a financial advisor. Nobody did this with anybody else. Everybody just stayed. And then together, the plan would have been at the end of it, we got all this money. Now let's come together and work together yeah. and grow our family right. now that we've worked through all the bullshit and everybody's either divorced or still together, this, that, and the other, and take care of each other. Yeah. Now everybody goes back to their own house and their own hometown, and you got your own people, and everybody has their own agent, and everybody's got their own financial guy and their people, and this guy's doing real well, and that guy's doing bad, and, you know, and everybody's Man. trying to stay out of everybody's business, really. This guy killed himself. Yeah, yeah, and everybody just goes on, you know. Yeah. Say, mind, mind your business. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. That's what the NFL does. Uh, you know, that's it's business. Yeah. And you bring guys in from all over business. the place, you know, and then everybody's gone, done, and they go to their, back to their respective place. Yeah. And we didn't have social media when I was done, you know, like we have now. Yeah. Nobody was into it. Right. You, know, you had yeah. MySpace. Right. <laughs> right. You know. That Were you on we MySpace? Had, Instagram just came on the scene, like, when I My, like retired in 09 or something. Yeah. yeah. 2010, or 07. I think. Yeah. And uh, Instagram just came out, and somebody called me. They're like, dude, you got to, if you're doing music, you got to get on this Instagram thing. I'm like, what's that now, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I was just got to, I just figured out how to do a MySpace account. <laughs> you know, so then, you know, when you're done with football, everybody goes back. Nobody stays in touch. Right. Now you at least have the social media thing, and then. We now have this industry, which has been my goal, is to really rally all of us back together right. and live this second opportunity that we got. Now, now that we've had this experience of saving our lives through this plant, now we can come back and do this. We started this company on that. Hell on yeah. That whole concept. Yeah. You talk know? about how that started for you, where you're like, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to, like, where did that come from? Uh, just, well, let me say yeah. this first, because I remember when I was still at the University of Arizona, and we would have ESPN on every day. And a handful of times outside the lines with Bob Lee. And there's Kyle Turley with a giant beard talking about how cannabis will save football. And I remember, dude, my our starting center 
Colin Baxter, myself, a handful of the other O-linemen who had been, we were cannabis users. Like, we'd go and smoke together. Once we heard that the drug testing was done for the year, we'd get that word from the inside person, and we'd go, we'd smoke together after practice or after games. And I remember watching Kyle on this interview, and it was so powerful because we were all looking at each other like, man, why is this illegal? Yeah. This makes me feel better. I don't know why. I wasn't privy to the science. Right. But it was such a powerful thing to see this guy who was always my childhood hero, a guy that I really modeled my game after. Yeah. You know, uh, as an offensive tackle. And to see this guy talking about that and this medicine and this plant that was so demonized, I couldn't use it, really. If I got drug tested after smoking weed, my fucking college career would have been fucked. Yeah. yeah. And my future in the NFL. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'll yank your scholarship, man. That so, happened to lots of teammates. So to see Kyle do that, and then when I came out of my career, and I got hooked up with Kyle, because we had the same agent, and I wrote this article in Sports Illustrated called What Does It Take to Stay in the NFL, where I talked about dealing with injuries and the pill protocols and how Vicodin and opiates wreaked havoc on my system and how cannabis had always been this saving grace for me. And I got hooked up with Kyle and it was like totally cosmic. Yeah. Meeting my soul brother, you know, my big soul brother from, you know, that I had never met who had been so influential to me throughout my playing career and just how I looked at the game and taking care of myself. You know, and I think that's How did that what unfold? When, did Tom reach out to you, or you reached out Kyle, to Tom to, reach, to try to get a hold of me? No, Ky- Tom hit me up and said, Eb, I want to introduce you to Kyle. Oh, really? Because I think you'd have a lot to talk about. Awesome. And then that's he gave cool, me man. your number, and we, we just yeah. got connected, and you were doing the first cannabis conference in Phoenix. Yeah. I was like, come he with said, me, man. Eb, come share your story. Yeah. And at the time, I thought to myself, I don't know really why my story matters but i'm willing to tell it because i feel compelled to share my experience for sure and how this plant had benefited me and so we came out and that's my point in all of that is that i feel like kyle has been such an important he's been such an important stronghold of bringing this community together because I've got in touch with so many people, ex-NFL brothers, through this cannabis movement that would have never happened otherwise, you know? And Kyle was just really plugged into this for a long time. I mean, you well, have this I just incredible got a, story. It saved yeah. life. I mean, like it, it, it did for all of us. It truly resolved. I found, I moved back from Tennessee. I was having all kinds of health issues in and out of the hospital having real brain issues like seizures and stuff and vertigo constantly um and uh, it was real disabling uh i was a musician i was touring it was just really difficult to deal with and then all the other stuff depression and you know things after post football career trying to figure life out Mm -hmm. i'm married i got new kids on the way all this stuff just compound compound problems with a brain disease at the time we didn't know existed i was privy just to at that time go to a conference in vegas where chris nowinski was with this information now that there's a potential there's a brain disease involved with football and if you're experiencing all these things then 
you know, and I'm sitting there going, this dude's talking right to me. I'm suicidal, homicidal, <laughs> whatever sidal, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> suicidal. suicidal tendencies, man. We're going all the way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, listen to it. Like, and, and like the whole thing, like rage and everything and all these things he kept bullet pointing on, you know, and then all the cognitive issues that tied with all those things, you know. You know, first you just think, oh, you're just a bitter old pissed off ex guy who got hurt, you know. No, you know, that's why you're mad all the time. Like, no, no, you got this serious brain disease that is a real problem for you. And all these other things I was experiencing were testifying to that. So I left Tennessee, went back to California. Within the first year, I, I immediate resolution. Like, found certain strains going through the lineup. And uh, one night, it was, I had real bad light sensitivity, diagnosed with photophobia, wearing glasses. I have $1,000 worth of specialty glasses to keep light out inside and like doing interviews and stuff on wow. TV because the lights are just too so I couldn't be sitting here right now wow. with uh, doing an interview without just searing pain in my eyes. I remember the first it was horrible. The first conference you were wearing glasses the whole time. Yeah, I was still it was still my eyes were still recovering. Wow. But that was that. 8 years ago now. And I was oh, so I was still pushing and I maybe not had found uh, Jack Herrera yet. As soon as I tried the Jack Herrera strain, boom, immediately Light wow. sensitivity went away, disappeared. As soon as I, like, maybe 10 minutes after smoking my first Jack Herrera strain, yeah. light sensitivity, gone. Like, literally gone. I went around the house that night running, looking at light bulbs. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, my eyes don't hurt. She's like, what? Like, I literally hadn't been to the movies in seven years because I couldn't stand all the loud sounds. And the lights, like I'd go into full vertigo, seizures, go to the hospital, the whole deal. Wow. And uh, so I literally didn't go to the movies with my kids or anything for seven years. Wow. Until I hit the Jack Herrera strain and bam, immediately fixed. Started to understand sativa, indica, this, that, and the other. Got full delve into it. And then at the time, it was just little guys trying to do certain things, little pop-up deals in San Diego and L.A., you know, we had a couple friends, old friends in this industry, really trying to do some things. 420 games were popping up. These other things were happening. And uh, I started lending my voice into some of these, you know, we're in warehouses in the bad part of town. And, yeah. you know, hey, man, I'm here just on my own to try and tell you I'm with you guys. And I'm going to do my best to try and get this out there and put the fucking bed. We need to do that. It has to happen. Wow. This is really resolving my issues and I'm here to stand with y'all and work with y'all and help this industry move forward. You know, I just did it guerrilla style like that. I went up to the Emerald Cup in uh, Northern California. Uh, after that, got the mic and just laid it down on the stage up there. It was so good that YouTube took it down like immediately. Like, like shortly after they put that up, it was getting racking up all these views. And YouTube yanked it. Boom. Yeah. You, know, you can't see me talk at the Emerald Cup in 20, 2010, maybe? 2000, no, 2000, no, when I moved out here. 2014, 2015, maybe, Emerald Cup. Yeah. It's not, they won't let it happen because of what, how, like, just unbelievably articulated this conversation was about how cannabis can help sports. Right. You know, and that just set it off and then the big conference happened and I, I said, I, I can't keep doing this alone. You know, we need more guys because if it's just me, then it's never going to hit. You know, they're going to, oh, well, it works for him, right? And it was at the time, the kids with seizures and the soldiers and that was it, right? And this, this middle of the road opportunity to have these resolutions from all these pharmaceuticals, not just, you know, PTSD, okay, we should let them do it. 
oh, the kids are having seizures. Oh, we should let them do it. No, why? Why should you let them do it? You know, these were happening to me, and these resolutions were, like, immediate. And then I just kept going down that and bringing more guys on, and we've been to Super Bowls, and, you know, we're now on the field, you know, at these events with cannabis, having full-blown consumption at Super Bowl events now. And they don't test for anymore for marijuana, you know. I got opportunities to speak to the NFL and all that. Made a lot of headway, man. Oh, yeah. Kick the door in, bro. It's in. Kick the door in. Literally. Kick the fucking door in. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's what it's about, man. You turned your pain into passion, right? I I couldn't deny it. Right. It, it It wasn't, there was, the pain was gone, right? The pain was gone. I'm happy. This is great. I got to tell everybody about how awesome this is because this everybody needs this experience and this right. opportunity. These pills are going to kill me. I literally didn't see myself living the next 10 years wow. of life. I mean, I was good friends with Junior Seau and all these guys and all that stuff was happening. And I know why, because I think about that stuff. And it doesn't go away. It is a progressive brain disease that you have to really address with a medicine. You, I, every guy I know that's tried to be sober and stay away from everything, because I don't drink, I don't do anything. It's strictly cannabis because of the resolutions I've had. Right. That's it. 100%. Well, you got to tell everybody, man. So it's, it became a God thing for me. God saved my life through this plant. God made me. God made this plant. I, I, <laughs> you know, got to start going around and Paul Revere this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Evan, I love your takes where you talk about how we're kind of built for the cannabinoids. We're, we're built to interact with the cannabis plant. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I learned that from Kyle at this first cannabis conference. Throughout my football career, from the moment I tried cannabis, really the light bulb clicked in college. It was after my true freshman season. I had redshirted. So basically, if you don't know what redshirting is, it's you do everything but playing games. So I bust my ass all week in practice, lifting weights, doing everything with the team. I just don't play in the games because they want to give me that year to build up my body. I was young. So, but at the end of that season, I felt so fucking beat to shit, exhausted, worn out, and we had an O-line get-together. The season was over, had a bonfire at one of my teammates' houses, beautiful starry night sky out in the desert, and one of the older guys pulled out a joint, and this joint starts being passed around. And I remember taking a few hits and feeling incredible. It was such an incredible experience of bonding and galvanizing this, this, journey that we had been on for the last six months together this battle this war that of this season that we'd done together and what was even more powerful was that i woke up the next day and i felt so rejuvenated i felt like i could start another season again did you know that it was because of the cannabis I, I had this intuitive yeah. thought. I was like, yeah. man, if we had been up drinking all night, I would feel like shit today. Right. Yeah. But we were smoking weed. This thing that I thought was was illegal, which isn't al- I'm not even allowed to use during the season. And yet, here I am, and I feel like I could play football, wow. like right now. And so 
that experience, I carried that with me throughout my football career, and cannabis really became my go-to source of of pain management, emo- dealing with the emotional and mental stress of of the grind, the physical damage I was enduring as an offensive lineman. And I was just doing that intuitively because at some point it clicked for me after that first experience with it at Arizona and then the handful of times throughout my college career and then really in the NFL, I thought to myself, this stuff works. The pills make me feel insane. Mm. They wreak havoc on my digestive system, on my liver and kidneys. I'm looking at, I'm watching interviews of guys that I look up to talking about how they're dealing with liver failure and kidney failure and all sorts of issues with their vital organs. Yeah, that, um, that really hit hard yeah. to our community, man. The big time. Kidney failures, all these organ failures situations you're are taking, happening, especially the linemen. Yeah, you're taking prescription yeah. anti-inflammatories every single day. Holy fuck. Just to deal with pain. Yeah. Some of the other positions, they don't do that because they're not every day, every play guy. Right. Like we were. Right. I mean, uh, linemen, I mean, especially the starters. Yeah. You're every day, every play. So once oh, you got yeah. that job, you don't want to lose it. Yeah. And you're, you're every doing day, every whatever play. you have. You're to. in the weight room every day. You're on the field every day. You're in every play. You're, yeah. You don't come off, right? Because you can't lose that job in the you, NFL. You take the pills. Yeah. You tape it up. You fucking the ice tubs, the hot tubs, the stem oh, yeah. machine. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> During those times, were there ever parts of you guys that were like intuitively like felt wrong? Like doing the pills? Oh, or yeah. Like, but All the time. Yeah. I yeah. asked the trainers, I'm like, what's the consequence of this? And they're like, oh, no, nothing. They literally told us that, no, you're, you're, ta- you're yeah, not taking them okay. in that amount, amount of quantity. You'll be know? okay. You'll be fine. Your body can uh, sort through all these, you know, mm-hmm. even at these, pres- if you're just doing it at the prescribed levels, which is all I ever did. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, people are dropping dead taking oh, yeah. prescribed dosages of all these things. 150, in, uh, I think that's 151 people die every day statistically from prescribed use yeah so intuitively for me cannabis i knew it was helping me heal it was bringing me back to balance over and over again and i thought to myself as this warrior that i am in this combat sport that i play football dealing with the physical mental and emotional trauma that i'm experiencing Cannabis is keeping me together. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew that in my heart. I didn't know why. I was still, as a team captain, as a team leader, I was still dealing with this thought of I can't let a coach or a front office person find out I smoke weed. Oh, yeah. There's no way because it'll kill my credibility. Yeah. So I kept my cannabis use super private, but the guys who use it in the locker room, we find each other, and there's like the little community and the clique of guys who go and smoke Always, after practice man. and yeah. after games. It was really cool. I, you went to other teams too, right? Yeah. It, wasn't yeah. it cool when you would... Yeah. I mean, the first thing, like, when you go to a new team, it's like, who smokes? You just find That's the it. guys. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and then, then you, like and then you find out then all the guys that smoke. So yeah. you announce it, and yeah. it's like, all right, cool, man. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It was really cool, man. It was a, it was a unique fraternity even in of itself. Yeah. yeah. Smokers, man. That's what's awesome about this industry and bringing yeah. it back around now. We're all reuniting and all That's this. So cool. Just like we were in football. That's so cool. You know, cool. do the bonfires and hang out. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about marijuana. Yeah. It was it's so awesome, cool, though. man. Every every time. 
So then at that first conference, I finished telling my story just about how cannabis had, had saved my life during my football career. Yeah. I felt as though I left in better shape because of my cannabis use. And then Kyle starts talking and he hits us with, the federal government has a patent on cannabinoids as neuroprotectants and antioxidants. Patent 6,630,507. And then he goes into every living creature on the planet has an endocannabinoid system. Which means we produce our own endogenous cannabinoids to help facilitate the processes of how we feel and deal with pain, our mood, our appetite, our sleep rhythms. And so our, our body is literally built to interact with the chemical compounds found in the cannabis plant. And it was just this light bulb, man, this crystallization, this legitimization, this validation of my intuitive experience for the last six years in, in the NFL of there's a reason this stuff has been doing what I think it's been doing, how it's been making look. me feel. Like, why is this happening? Because yeah. you're not... It's when you have this experience, this firsthand experience, you're in so much fucking pain. You can't turn your head. You wake up every morning and it, you can barely fucking walk to take a shit. Literally. Literally. Damn. It's called neuropathy. Your feet. <laughs> Plantar fasciitis. From your fucking toes to the top of your yeah. head, you're in pain. And these pills that you're getting from doctors, from medical professionals, are putting you into a worse state. Wow. They make you feel nauseous. They make you feel sick. They make you feel fucking high, uncomfortable <laughs> in your own skin. All you do is angry. feel high on those things. Yeah. Uh. And then you use this plant. You smoke this plant, and it's just soothing. Yeah. And it's relieving. It's like, why is this happening? How is this happening? We have a fucking endocannabinoid system. We have a whole system in our body that's built to interact with this compound, these compounds. And it's super intricate and it's super intelligent. And that's the importance of this whole As thing. As an man. athlete, you want to know everything there is about how to accomplish a goal, right? How to win. How do you win? How do you win as an athlete, as a soldier? You want you know, the objective is to live and win. Right. You know, you lose, you fucking die. Right. right. That's how it is. It was, and we had the same mantra in football because, especially back then, it was brutal, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. There were no rules of today, right. and guys, and we knew it. Guys were falling out, man, and guys are dying. So th this is a dangerous game. What did it take to be the best? Right. What did it take to be a first round draft pick? You look into that, and without cheating, how can I accomplish this? And then when something happens like this, right, because that's all pharmaceuticals were, they were cheat deals, right, on how to uh, deal with pain, cheat deals on how to deal right. with this. Cheat. You're, you're, you're cheating yourself the entire time of figuring out how your body works. Yeah. And then cannabis comes along and resolves all these issues, like, within an, almost an instant, in, in some of these cases, with certain strains or concentrates or you, you find these terpenes and whatever it is, Rick Simpson oil, cured neuropathy in me. I did it for two and a half months off the program Rick Simpson talks about on YouTube. Did the exact same thing the cancer patients do. Yep. Got high as hell on this Rick Simpson oil stuff. Now I don't even get high on it. I wow. sleep like a baby, though, every night, and I don't have neuropathy anymore. I don't have to wear shoes anymore all the time. I, 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 I couldn't do it. So, it was so disabling, the injuries you had, and then to have these true resolutions, you want to know why. Why is this happening? And how, because what is this, a, a, a cash 22? 
That's the initial thought, because these pills did that. What's weed going to do to you? This could be something, I'm setting myself up here, you know, for another letdown of a medicine, right? Because yeah. literally, that's how it was for me. It was going to the doctors and getting prescribed, especially in psych world, you know, psych meds. And you go from Depakote to Welbutrin to Zoloft, and when that motherfucker doesn't work, and that motherfucker doesn't work, and this motherfucker doesn't work, and then you're sitting in your truck with the next one, and then your gun's in your glove compartment going, fuck. You know, Damn, and that's when you call a suicide hotline, right? <laughs> so that that's the life that you're then going, what about cannabis? What's this going to do to me? And all these people saying all this crazy shit. And then you go to find out about it, and you're like, holy shit, I'm made of this stuff. Yeah. You're made of water and weed. Yeah. As it turns <laughs> out, cannabinoids, your entire body. That's weed. a TikTok yeah, clip right there. It. You're made of water and water weed. Water and weed, bro. It's what's holding us all together. Yeah. Yeah. It's the truth. But you had to, like, you were on, like, the front line. You had to, like, go find this information, right? I mean, it was, like, oh, yeah. more buried it than it is today, oh, yeah. Yeah. right? No, yeah. not at all, man. Deep dive, deep dive research, deep dive Google searches, you know, and yeah. trying to find – there's stuff that's not on the inter- – that was on the Internet then that is not on the Internet now, hmm. taken down, you know, because it was so detailed. And then, and then you learn about the people fighting for this for years, and mm. then the research gone on about it, and you find out about guys like Rafael Mishulam and – these other doctors and then the special came out honestly and sean's over here kiernan uh weed for warriors and we're uh we're together again because of all this and working together in the industry because they were having i saw that episode of you know weeds on on cnn Mm. and 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 that just was like bam more guys are having this same experience i mean all the guys in that piece we're like talking to me, like mm. fucking same thing. So I'm like, okay, let's get together. Let's try to figure this out because all this information out here was just getting diluted and so hard to find. And all these people were, as it turns out, funded by our government for years, decades on all of this, you know? And then the media started paying little attention, blew up in the media with all, everybody coming around and coming together. And then uh, we were then able to meet these people, Raphael Mishulam, and these people were coming over from Israel, and the doctors involved in that whole Weeds episode, um, 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 Sue Sisley, and yeah. all her great work at, at Arizona, right? I mean, you were there when she was there, weren't you? Or no? I'm not you, you sure. You never even knew it, right? Yeah, I didn't know. She was there I didn't know. at his college, right? Yeah. Wow. Bro, these people still don't want this to be talked about or known. San Diego State invited me down to have a meeting with their entire staff and a bunch of other people on cannabis. This was probably five years ago that they said they were going to do a cannabis curriculum. And I showed up, and there's a whole roundtable of people. And we laid it all out for them of what it could go into in these areas of finance to medicine to law enforcement to everything you're producing a degree for here at your university that you could get funding from the state under these programs now with the cannabis programs. uh, they're, They're giving money to these colleges, and colleges are doing it. As soon as San Diego State found out how much that we could apply this to instead of just some maybe little... You know, horticulture fucking degree or something. Yeah. You know? Um, ghost. Wow. Never spoke of it again. Kept coming back to me telling me, we need you to finish your degree, Kyle, at San Diego State. I said, well, I'll finish it when you guys open up the cannabis curriculum, you promised me. And uh, I'll come back and walk across <laughs> your stage. Till then, I'm going to motherfuck you guys every day for this meeting you had me come down to and waste my goddamn time. These people are unbelievably, like, just intent on evil doing because this plant does nothing but help people yeah and when they were presented with that factual evidence 
of how much it can help people and how much it can help all these more so political scenarios of things when you start talking about it can be applied to a law enforcement degree, you know, criminal justice and all these other things and how it can be applied to law degrees and how you this lawyer could become the next cannabis lawyer and, you know, all these other things. They're just like, no. Wow. No. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, man. What, I mean, obviously... We could go really deep into that. Yeah, we can why that is time. right. That could go, we could go all all yeah, night on that. I gotta catch a plane. Okay, cool, man. You want to no. hop in here, either of you guys? Yeah, get Sean in here, man. You gotta hear stories with Sean because they follow up with what we did in Arizona. We all came together. That's when we first met. Yeah. And uh, uh, the Weed for Warriors were just getting started and and rallying massively. Uh, all this veteran support and uh, we assisted that effort as, uh, in, in, in the beginning there and then everybody's just been running next to each other through this whole thing and we've finally coming back around. It's just an incredible story and a testament to this plant. Boom. This plant is, is that thing mm -hmm. that can keep everybody here, right? And everybody living together. We don't have to keep worrying about this madness that they want to keep putting us through, right? And all these stupid wars and all this mm -hmm. crap, right? All this pain and suffering from playing football. I'd have played five, ten more years easy if I'd have had what I had in cannabis. Yeah. I'd have made millions, you know? Probably same for you, Evan. Yeah. Or Easy. If you took what you know in cannabis and how to deal with things, yeah. you, you would have probably avoided a couple surgeries. Yeah. I, did, I know I could have avoided two surgeries probably. Yeah. That cannabis could have helped me recover from way easier and then all the pharmaceuticals all the all pharmaceuticals the tear your body down and at though. the end of your career you're mentally so tore down that yeah. you want to quit yeah you're like for who for what yeah you know and you know you got it in you you could have played five more years yeah i could have played five more years yeah wow. I'm, bill belichick calls me after i'm done calls my agent my, i'm down in mexico chilling on the beach bill belichick <laughs> calls my agent bring him up here i'm like nah. i need three surgeries yeah before i'll pass physical Nah. <laughs> yeah. If I had just what I have in cannabis and weed, yeah. knowing how to deal with this, yeah. I could have totally taken that opportunity. Yeah, because my mind would have been, like, excited about that. Right. My mind would have been motivated about that opportunity. Right. Instead of where I was, where I was just using marijuana, you know, to mend all these pills I was continuing to take. Because mm. it's not until you get off the pills where you understand what this plant truly does. Yeah. Right. When you get off them pills... You see the light. Yeah. yeah it's Never true. needed them. It's true. Never needed one. Yeah. Not one pharmaceutical in almost 10 years. Wow. Not an aspirin, not a leave, nothing. Wow. Yeah. All Sleep cannabis. like a baby, curing diseases, all these other issues. My wife's skin cancer is cured. Wow. Never, like, first 10 years of our marriage, we're married 20. Skin cancers every day. High concentrate oils on a band aid. Rick Simpson oil on a band aid. Leave it on for a week, gone. Any wow. hardcore melanoma, I don't, I've seen them as red, get them cut out with the knife, the chemo creams, holes in her back, all this stuff. In a week with Rick Simpson oil on a motherfucking circle band-aid, leave it on there and it'll disappear. Wow. Yeah. That's real, man. And our Amazing. kids, our it's kids real. even still, our kids take CBD every day. My daughter uh, has type one uh, diabetes. Okay. They, the, the, when she went into the, the hospital, because we didn't know what was going on, they said her A1C or whatever the hell it is was so far off the charts that she should have went into coma and died. And they, the doctors were all crying around like, what are you doing? Like, how did, how did this not happen? Like, we really want to know her background and what, how, what you guys do with her. 
Like, the only thing we could truly say is my wife and I do the CBD company together. As soon as they said it, we smiled. And they were like, they're like, nah, we knew she was going to be fine because she takes CBD every day. And, and it's crazy in Tennessee, in Nashville, sitting with a bunch of pediatric, uh, you know, diabetic doctors that go, yeah, we know. Wow. Get the fuck out of here. I just want to kick these people. Like, yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers, you're sitting on cures. You know about the cannabinoid system, but we can't talk about it, unfortunately. Yes, you can. Start standing up, man. Fuck yeah. You know, why not? This is unreal, man. Yeah, I love anyway. this energy. Anyway, you, that's all I got for you, bro. Man. <laughs> I got to fly bro. to Atlanta and go yeah, watch man. a middle school volleyball tournament. That's awesome. <laughs> I love you, brother. Yeah, man. Dude, thanks for sharing your story with us, man. Yeah, you bet, man. Do either of um, you guys want to hop in for yeah. a little bit? or? Yeah, you guys want to switch spots? Oh, shit. You got a few more minutes, Ed. We'll, yeah, we'll chat a little bit. Yeah. Cool. I'm just going to get some more water. Yeah, for sure. You want water? That'd be great, bro. I appreciate that.